some notes along the way. But I want to share with you about a woman who lived a legacy life, a legacy of faith. And I know a lot of us, you're here today because of, um, because of the mom, because of the grandmother, because of the leading ladies in your life that taught you the Word of God, that loved you, that cared for you, that, uh, that, that, that instilled incredible things in your life. And that in the Scripture, I want to show you a great man of God who, was, who he was because of a lady in his life. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, uh, Paul writes, Paul was a leader in the early church, and he actually wrote two-thirds of the books in the New Testament. He wrote these letters to churches and to people. Uh, if you've ever heard the word epistle, that's literally just a fancy word for letter, and that's what Paul did. And this letter or epistle that he was writing to Timothy, um, he talks about a lady that made a difference in Timothy's life. He says this, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Paul tells Timothy, when I look at your faith, I have deja vu. <laughs> when I look at your faith, I can't help but think I've seen that somewhere before. That there's something about you that, that reminds me of someone. And he says, I know exactly who it reminds me of, your grandmother. That there is a transfer of faith that happened from one generation to another. And it was from Timothy's grandmother, Lois, to his mother, Eunice, and to Timothy himself. And I want to say that I'm so thankful for the transfer of faith. Ladies, if I could say this, I'm so thankful for the grandmothers and the mothers of this house that you, you love and care for uh, all of us. You, you, you love and you share the faith that God's put in you and you share it with the rest of us. See, we're called to be a church of multi-generations, not just a church for young people, not just a church for old people, not just a church for rich people or a church for poor people or a church for black people, a church for white people, a church for Hispanic people. We're called to be a church for all people, right? We're called to be a church where it doesn't matter what you come from. It doesn't matter if you were raised in church or this is the first time you've ever been to church. You belong here. That, that this is not a place for perfect people. That, 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 that this is not a perfect... There's no such thing as a perfect church, right? I always say if you find a perfect church, don't join it. You'll ruin it, right? <laughs> There's no perfect people, no perfect church. But God uses from generation to generation... To, sh to share the gospel from, from grandmothers to mothers. Whenever we first moved here about three years ago to plant this church, I was looking, uh, trying to learn whatever I could from any church, and there was an ad that I read for another church, and it was, was saying about all these new things that they were doing. And at the bottom, it made this statement. It said, this is not your grandmother's church. And I, I'm sure all of that was, was probably in the right heart and, and all that, but, 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 but there's something about that that got so deep down inside me, and I thought, Lord... If I could make an ad, and, and it would be understood, I think I would put about the church that God had called us to start, City Hills, that if I could just put it, this is your grandmother's church. <laughs> How about called this message, this is your grandmother's church. Why? Because we're called to be a church of the generations. If I could say to the elders in this house, we need you, we value you. You're not just a fly on the wall here at church. You are City Hills. You are part of this family, and we love you, and we need you. Regardless of your age, we need a Lois in the house. 
We need a Lois that can teach the gospel to a Eunice and then moms that are raising young kids. We need you too. We need you in the middle of the monotony, in the middle of the runny noses and the, the vomiting. <laughs> and the vomiting and the flu and the moms you guys are just amazing right like like in the middle of all of it we, we need you to to keep on passing down that faith to those young kids it's so easy with life just to get so overwhelmed with it as a matter of fact jesus said the cares of this world can actually choke out our spiritual lives and and, and we, we feel insignificant we feel like what we're doing doesn't matter. We're paying bills. We're going through life, and we're thinking, what does it really even matter what I'm doing? Moms, I want to tell you what you're doing matters more than what you could ever even imagine. You're raising a Timothy. You're raising sons and daughters that are going to go on to make a difference for the kingdom of God. See, Timothy was, became a pastor of thousands of people in the early church. Timothy was this incredible young man, but he didn't come. If you were just to look at Timothy, he wasn't somebody that you would think would be a leader came from a broken home he his uh his dad was not a believer and his mom was and paul kind of fosters or adopts timothy into his family if i could just say this it doesn't matter where you come from god's future the future that god has for you is always greater than your past your history does not define your destiny and you you, you may have come from someone who doesn't leave a legacy of faith to you but you can leave a legacy of faith to future generations you, you can become all that God's called you to be. That, that, that maybe you've even made some mistakes along the way. You, you may have done what the devil says you did, but you're not who the devil says you are. You're a child of God. God has a purpose for your life. There is hope. And don't let for one moment your past define your future. See, Timothy was somebody who could have easily had some excuses. But thank God he had some people in his life that lifted him up. Church, we're called to be people that lift others up around us, that care for others, that share the gospel with others, that lets people know that you belong here and you're, you're, you can find hope and you can find life here in this place. Moms, you matter. A few months ago, um, my wife and I got to go to the Billy Graham Library in Charlotte when we were uh, on an anniversary trip. And one of the things we, we enjoyed about, about that is Billy Graham's wife, Ruth, they had kind of a replica of her of her kitchen and of her living room, and above her sink, she had these uh, these words in old English that said, "I wrote it down." It says, "said over the sink, mind you." It says, "Divine service will be conducted here three times daily." <laughs> I loved that because that's a lady that understood she wasn't just washing dishes. She was doing something that was investing in the life of those children that would go on to become what they have become to this day, world changers. We're called to raise world changers. Whether you're a mother or not, we're called to be like this Lois in the Bible that found someone to invest into. You know, if you're not giving, you're not really living. If life is all about you, they're not really living the life that you, that, that, that you could live, that, 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 you, that God has envisioned for your life. That, that, you could, that, that there's a joy that comes in investing in the life of someone else that, that I can I just tell you, there's, there's nothing like it in all the world. When you see the potential in somebody's life and then God allows you to be a part of helping that potential come forth, 
Whenever you see God do something awesome in somebody's life and to know that you got to be part of that. Uh, last night, I, and I, I saw him earlier here today. James, are you in the house? He was, he was going to be helping trying to fix this AC, and I, I feel a little cool air. Come on, somebody. I don't know if you do, but I think he was going to help. But James, last night, I think I have a picture of him. Uh, James, last night, was, was, got water baptized, and that was absolutely cool. Yeah. <laughs> See, James get baptized last night, but... But, but uh, Roger, which he got baptized just a few weeks ago, he's on our baptism team, and, and we were talking, and he was just emotional after it was all done. He said, there's just nothing like being right here in the action. He's like, they come up out of the water. He said, like, his, his lips are quivering. You can feel it. He's like, it's just everything. You know what I mean? He's like into it, right? And I was like, that's what a front row life looks like. That, that, that whenever you're living your life beyond yourself, and he's on this baptism team, that when I got here yesterday afternoon at 3 o'clock, they were already filling up the tank, and they had all these shirts out, and they were getting everything ready, and they were spending part of their Saturday to, to help their brother James take a step in his walk with God, and then to be on the front row and just to get to see what God's doing in his life. Church, there's nothing like serving. There's nothing like being a part of making a difference in the life of someone else around us. And that's what we see in this life of this miracle mother and grandmother in the Scripture. That, that Timothy, this great man of faith, was passing down to another generation. That God has put in you the seeds of greatness. Not only greatness for, for your life, but so that you can sow those into other people. And if I could just bring some hope today. Maybe you're in this place and you've dashed some of those seeds on the ground and maybe years ago you felt like God had a calling on your life or you felt like you were supposed to do something great for God I just really feel to tell somebody here today God's not through with you yet the scripture says the call of God is without repentance in other words when he gives it to you he's never going to take it away in other words God never gives up on you don't you ever give up on the God who's never given up on you He's here today to love you and to care for you. And I want to give you today a pattern very practically for how we as parents, how we as mentors, how we make a difference in the lives of our children and those that we're mentoring and those that are part of the church because this church is a spiritual family. And this is not just for the moms, but this is for the dads. This is for the middle school students and middle agers. This is for all of us, young and old. Because God is our example. If we're going to pass on truth and the love of God to another generation and empower another generation, I believe God should be our example. And I find it so interesting that two times the Father in the Scripture speaks to Jesus and gives Him what I believe is a model for what every child needs. And I don't just mean young children. We're all children. We all need what I'm about to share with you today. And Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry and at the end of his ministry, heard the voice of the Father come over his life. And I think it's interesting because it bookends the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ. And I think it's interesting that the Father says the same three things. It makes me think that it's important and significant what the Father says. And so I think these three things are the three things that every child needs to hear. If you're a parent, I encourage you, take this to heart, share it with your children. If you're not a parent yet, you are, and you are someone that someone looks up to. 
share this with the people that God's placed in your life. Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. I just want to read these to you. This is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. It says, A voice came from heaven and said, This is my son. Could you say that with me? This is my son. Here's the second part. Whom I love. Could you say that with me? Whom I love. And the third part. With him I am well pleased. Matthew 17, 5, same voice from heaven. It says, A bright cloud covered them, and with a loud voice from the cloud said three things. Say it with me. This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. It's what every child needs. Three things. If you're taking notes, here's the first part. God says, this is my son. The first thing that every child needs is acceptance. Acceptance. Whenever I was a kid, I remember my mom when she would give me a hug, she would hug me tight and she would say, Brandon, let's see if our necks fit together when we hug. Isn't that sweet? I got a awe from all the, from all the, like, aww. And whenever I was hugging uh, my sons earlier this year, we got hugging and I said, hey, just, just happened. I said, hey, why, why you, let, let's see some, let's see if God made it where our necks fit together. And uh, they said, "Oh, let's find out." And we, we hugged, and then a, f- a few weeks later, a few weeks, I mean, a few weeks ago, we were we just laughed so hard because I did that that one time, and, and my oldest son he hugged me. He said, "Hey, Dad, you still think our necks fit together?" And there's something inside the heart of every child that wants to know: Do I belong here? Do I fit? Tell your family that they fit. In a world where you don't fit many places. Tell your family that they fit. Church family, you fit. You say, well, I'm so different, I don't fit here. If I could tell you, you're so different, you do fit here. You're so different, we need you here. We need people of all different shapes, sizes, races, backgrounds. Why? Because we're called to affect this city and to make a difference. And you're just so different that you fit just fine. You belong here at City Hills. Tell somebody that. Our hashtag that we use all the time, and if you don't know what a hashtag is, somebody's like, I didn't know they did drugs here. No, uh, we don't do that. If you want to know what that is, ask someone younger than you, Lois. Don't ask Timothy what that is. But we, we say it all the time, you belong here. You belong here. You belong here. You belong here. And we mean it. If I could just tell you, if you're here for the first time, this is not a church for perfect people. This is a church for broken people that we fit in the presence of God that you belong here tell somebody that look find a young person in this church find a child in this in this church that needs that needs and just let them you belong we love you proud of you here's the second thing that every every child needs the second thing that the father said is to whom I love whom I love the second thing every child needs is affection need to feel like I'm safe need affection you know, some of us did not grow up in homes where we openly heard, I love you. And consequently, we have passed that down where we're kind of stoic and we think, well, I'll show you my love. And if I told you I loved you years ago and if it, if it changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> you know, the Father's our example and he said publicly to, to Jesus, I love you. Tell the people in your world you love them. Take, it, take time today. Kids, honor your parents today. Honor the elders in your life today. Don't, don't, don't look down. I, I know, and let, let me help you with, out with this. There's no perfect parent. Become a parent and you'll understand there's no perfect parent. 
because there's no instruction manual that someone gives you at the hospital. We were at the hospital last night thinking we were having the baby. We spent some hours in the hospital last night, and they give you a manual, and I asked the lady, do you have any parenting manual to teach me how to parent this baby? But there's no manual. Only the scripture, prayer, and, and, and a lot of tears. And in that, honor your parents. I know they're not perfect, but love them. Thank them. It's the only Ten Commandments. It's the only one of the Ten Commandments that had a promise attached that said you'll live a long time. So for no other reason, love your parents, right? Honor your mom and honor your dad. And parents, let's tell our kids what they mean to us. Let's don't be so macho that we don't have the ability to, 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 to let people know how much they mean to us. Don't wait until it's too late. Let people know how much they matter to us. Let's be a church that's so free with hugs, high fives, smiles, kind words. I love you, man. Uh, you belong. Like, let's be a church that's so inundated with affirmation because we love and appreciate the people that we put, that God's placed in our family. Here's the third thing that every child needs. He, the Father said, with whom I'm well pleased. The third thing is affirmation. Affirmation. Acceptance. Affection and affirmation. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. And when, when, when I started um, thinking about these passages of Scripture and someone shared them with me a few months ago, I, I, I added a new thing that I tell my son in the morning. I'm proud of you, boy. I'm proud of you. And the thing that's interesting, the father said this to Jesus before his ministry started, before he had done any of his great miracles, and he said, I'm still proud of you. And then he, after all the miracles had been done at the end of his ministry, he said, I'm proud of you. In other words, he wasn't, it wasn't just the performance that he was proud of. It wasn't what he did. It was who he was. Let's let the people know in our lives it's not about what you do. It's about who you are. You have value. You have value, not because of what you've done, not because of how much money's in the bank, not because of how many degrees or initials are before or after your name. You are valuable because you are a child of God. You are valuable because you are a son and daughter of the King. No more, no less. Everybody, that's what I love about the church. This is the only level playing ground on the face of planet Earth. Because this is the place where it doesn't matter who you are. We all stand toe-to-toe, face-to-face, eye-to-eye, at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ. And at that place, we come together and we show the world a picture of who our God is. Because we matter. I matter. You know that? You matter. You matter to God. You matter to us. Tell your kids they matter. Don't let the world define who they are. You speak to them and allow God to define who they are. Here's some practical things of how we do this if you're taking notes. First thing we do is we need to see them as they could be, not as who they are. I think this is one of the biggest struggles in our life is what things are and what things should be. And church, I want to challenge us to be a church that doesn't just speak what people are. Anybody can do that. Anybody can be a we're AC anybody can be a thermometer, right? We need God to give us a thermostat in this house, right? That we're see a, anybody can say it's hot, right? It's hot. There's very few people that have the power and know how to be able to change the temperature of the room, right? It takes some skill, it takes some know-how. 
takes an air conditioner professional that knows what they're doing and that can go and can not just say it's hot but can actually change the atmosphere. Church, let's be the kind of people that can change the atmosphere. Change the atmosphere of your workplace. Don't be the kind of employee that just speaks what it is. Be a changing element and change agent in your home. Be a change agent in your world, in your family. Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Can you say that word with me? Hope hoped for and the evidence of things not seen in other words faith is what you're hoping for so don't speak what you see speak what you hope for speak the hope that's in your heart and if you don't have hope in your heart go to Jesus today and he can give you some hope but speak what you hope for be the person in people's lives that believe the most about them believe that there's more for them what I've found is that people tend to become what the most important people in their life think they will become. So let's think so big for people. Let's dream bigger for people. I am who I am today. Any good thing that's in me, it's not because I'm just some good guy. Absolutely not. It's because there's been people that called things out of me that I did not even know existed little Sunday school teachers that loved on a, on, on a young man, on me whenever I was a kid and had questions and doubt and fear and people that saw and believed in me and, and saw talent in me and I remember one time uh, someone asked me to sing a solo in church and I wanted to sing I didn't want to sing a solo, I wanted to sing solo, nobody could hear me, that's what kind of solo I wanted to sing, solo but, but someone said, I, my, our choir director at church said, I believe, I believe you can sing a solo. And I was like, oh, no, no solo for me. I don't want to sing a solo. So I sang, and I stood like this, looking down, eyes closed, singing my solo. I think about my pastor's wife came up to me after that, and she said, Brandon, that was so good, which I don't know if she's lying or not. But she said, hey, next time you do that, she said, you have such a beautiful smile. Why don't you just get up and smile? And why don't you look at the back of the room? She said, because God's going to do something great in your life, and he's going to use you. I believe in you. Church, I am who I am today because people like that. People said, I believe in you. And do you realize we have the ability to do that for somebody else? Do that for your family. But don't just don't be so generous with those words. Be so generous. Find young people in this church. Find young families in this church. Find people in this church that you can love on and, and speak life into them. See what God sees in them. Here's the second thing. So after you see it, number two, you got to say it. Say what you see. So don't just say what it is. Call it out. Call out what you see in them, the potential in them. It never ceases to amaze me whenever I say things like that I feel to encourage people. It never ceases to amaze me whenever people come back and say, that's what I needed to hear. Because for me, it would have been so easy to not say it. Does that make sense? You ever send a text to somebody of encouragement and they send it back to you? That's exactly what I, like I needed that in that moment, right? How easy is it to not say that? How easy is it to just keep our affirmation to ourselves? But... If I could encourage us, let's just be the kind of people, anytime we feel to say something positive, we do it. A lot of times we think, well, I don't want to say that. I don't know if it's God or not. Well, I'll just say this. It's either God, you, or the devil, and the devil would never tell you to encourage somebody. So it's either you or God, so just do it anyway, right? 
If you ever feel to be a blessing to somebody, do it. You feel to give something to somebody, you do it and be a blessing. Say what you see. Romans 4, 17 says, God calls things that are not as though they were. So you call out the greatness in your chi- children. You call out the great. You are, a, you are intelligent. I don't care if they're getting D's and F's. You tell them you are smart. You are intelligent. Man, I can't wait. You're going to be a scientist. You're going to be something great for God. Like, speak life into them. Don't speak what you see. Everybody in their world speaking what they see. You be someone who speaks what God says over their lives. And here's the third thing. Be the example. Be the example. At the end of the day, the people around us are going to become not what we want, but who we are. They're going to become, our kids are going to become what we are. We reproduce what we are, not what we want to be. Isn't that right? If my, my kids want to be a you know, star athlete, I, I just, I, I pray for them because I don't reproduce what you are, not what you want to be. So, I don't know, they may work good on computers or something. I don't know, but you can pray for them. You know, the truth is, when it comes to our faith, we can say we want our kids to serve God and we want our kids to make a difference. And yeah, I want difference makers. We want to change the world. But, but the question, mom or dad, are you? Is this real for you? Are, are, are you passionate for God? Is, 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 this, is this heart and soul for you? Because at the end of the day, our, our, our kids are going to become what we are. One man said, if truth doesn't mean everything to, to us, it's not going to mean anything to our kids. So we're called to pass this down. And so regardless of kind of where you are and how this message is hitting you, if I could just encourage you, start where you are. Don't let the enemy beat you up because of your past. You say, well, I haven't really led, led some kind of legacy and, or, or someone didn't give me a legacy. If I could just encourage you, why don't you just mark today, May the 13th, 2018, Mother's Day, as a day where you start leaving your legacy of faith for your family and for the people around you. Because who knows? You could just be raising a Timothy up. Who knows? Let's start today. And we're going to see God do amazing things around us. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for loving us. Lord, I thank you for people like my grandmother, my mother. Lord, my pastor growing up. Lord, all these people that have invested in my life. Lord, help me to invest in the lives of others. Help me not to just live in my own world, but help me to get outside of my world, have that front row kind of life to make a difference. Lord, let City Hills be that kind of house where we can truly be a house of multiple generations, not just young, not just old. Lord, not just one race, not just one background but God, a place that really represents the beauty of heaven on earth, that we can make a difference. God, I bless every mom, every grandmother. Lord, I bless the moms right now, God, that are just in the trenches with their kids. I pray for those that are dealing with financial struggles right now and don't know, Lord, how it's going to work out. pray for single moms in the house. I pray for, I bless our widows that are part of this church, Lord. I bless those that their husbands are serving in the military. Lord, I just pray that you would lift and encourage. Let them know they're not alone. Lord, I pray for those in this place that have a heart to give their life to you and to leave a legacy. Lord, let them know that the best is yet to come and that they can trust you. And their past doesn't have to define their future. 
But today can be a brand new beginning. And today can be a marked day for the rest of their life. Begin again. Begin. Begin. If you're here today and that word rings in your ears, begin again, and you're ready for a fresh start, I'm not going to ask you to do anything out, come forward or anything like that. I just want to lead you in a prayer. And in this moment, when we go to God, He can change everything. It's not about external. It's not about saying, well, let me get good. Let me get it all together. God's not waiting for you to get it together. You can't get it together. You've already proven that, or else we would have gotten it together by now. But God says, stop trying to get it together and give it to me. Give your life to me. I'll take it from here. Receive grace. It's available for you today. If you want to receive that grace, I want to lead you in a prayer today. I invite you to pray with me. Just say, Jesus, I need you. You're the only one that can save me. So right now, would you save me? I give my life to you. You have all of me. From this moment forward, I'm going to follow you. Would you forgive me of the way I've been living? I want a new life. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to walk with you. I give my life to you today. In Jesus' name. Amen.